Welcome to Investy, where high-ticket coaches and service providers reveal how they gain financial freedom while transforming their clients' lives every day. If you'd like to learn how to enroll high-ticket clients into your business by using the power of podcasting, go to investy.com for a free masterclass. With 25 years of experience in the field and seven years specifically focusing on dating, love, communication, and relationship issues, her mission and commitment is to help women have the relationship of their dreams by helping them to blossom open to receive everlasting love. What lights Dr. Sharon up about this work is she knows that having love in your life is possible for you. She knows that you are so worthy of healthy, beautiful, stable, committed, juicy love. Even if you've lost hope, she will hold the space of hope for you. What sets Dr. Sharon apart from others is that her work comes from the aggregate of her background as a psychotherapist, as a student of Dr. Pat Allen, Carl Jung, transactional analysis, the science of adult detachment, biology, brain and body science, her personal journey, and her continued thirst for ongoing knowledge. Dr. Sharon is a consultant. She works from the philosophy of what that whatever works you've been doing up until this point is not working. Um, she will train you on what is what it is you should be saying or doing that will best serve you based on science, brain science, and biology. The work she does with her clients rewires their brains so that the changes made last a lifetime. She currently si- sees clients in her Newport Beach office and on the phone for people who aren't in the local area. All right. So now I've shared uh, a bit of your background. Could you please take a minute and share a little bit of what inspired you to become a love industry professional? Yeah, for sure. Thanks, uh, Sean, for giving that background. Um, Well, a little bit about what inspired me to get into this part of the field um, was after living in Austin, Texas for 10 years, I I moved back to my hometown at 39, still single, and just wasn't fitting in with my old crowd. They were all married with school-aged children, and they had obviously in the 10 years that I was gone had a very fully developed social life. And it wasn't like there was anything bad that had happened. It was just that life had moved on, and it was really up to me to make a new life as a single woman Uh, here in Newport, which felt so weird to have to find friends in the place that I grew up. Um, So one night I ended up at a seminar of Dr. Pat Allens, who's not only a local legend, but who's also internationally known as the author of Getting to I Do, which is a fantastic book and has been on the uh, bookshelves for over 20 years, which is really unusual. And while I was there, a light bulb went off. Most everything she said really resonated with me. Um, I would say a few things she said sounded kind of quirky and old-fashioned initially, but I went back a number of times, and her ideas about communication and basing um, a number of things that she said on science, like the reasons for using masculine and feminine energy, I was really a fan of because I was already a student of Carl Jung and the uh, universal duality of yin and yang in Eastern culture. And so because of the um, connection that I already felt with a lot of what she was talking about, I decided to become a student of hers. And so working with Pat, was really transformative for me. 
And since I was already a psychotherapist who had worked on myself in therapy a number of times, during those times in therapy, we had talked about my my sadness and my loneliness about being single, but we had never really gotten to the core of how to change why I was still single. And my work with Pat during that schooling, but also in these like practicums that we had, it really got to the core of that. And like was like like I said was transformative for me, and so I I guess really it was that that was the inspiration. I was determined to help other people who were struggling to connect and who were who were feeling lonely, and I wanted to make it my career, and I've really been doing it ever since. Um, I guess that's it, really. <laughs> awesome. What is the biggest piece of advice you would give any current or aspiring love industry professionals like yourself? Oh, wow. You know what? I think probably the biggest thing is, is you have to be so passionate about it because it's not, it's not a foregone conclusion that you're going to be a success in this um, industry. There's, it, it's, it's kind of still a newer industry and there's a lot of people that are interested in doing it. But, um, I think that unless you're, you've got super deep passion about it, then, um, you aren't going to wake up every day, uh, driven to, to get after it. And I, I think that's probably true with a lot of industries, but especially with an industry that's still kind of carving out it, um, its own um, its own sense of um, being a real industry. Mm. Do you feel like uh, professionals like yourself have had to evolve in certain ways with the um, innovation of a lot of different dating apps and online sites these days? Uh, well, I think that there, like you said, there's been having to be a lot of innovation. Uh, like personally, you know, I was a psychotherapist, but I put my license on hold because I recognized that a lot of what I was wanting to do with my clients really wasn't therapy. And so given that, that, um, the evolution was, what is it that I want to do with my clients? And, uh, since it's not therapy, uh, like, let's look at what it is that, what can we call it? It's, it's more consultation. And so working, you know, in that model and, you know, how does that, um, um, what's the word? Um, how does that, uh, How does that uh, correlate with the, um, like you said, the dating apps and the websites and whatnot? How does that um, overlap and how do you put those two things together? Um, people come with wanting to look at how their dating app, um, uh, how their profiles are working. How, how is it that, um, uh, how, how is it that they're, how is it that they're looking when they're, uh, how is it that they're facing, their profile is facing out there in the world? And um, that's only just the very beginning. It's about how is it that they're communicating when they're out on a date? How is it that they're uh, communicating once they're in a relationship? There's so much that goes into succeeding as a person in the world uh, in, in relating. And so um, 
there's so much to um, being a successful individual. And I don't, you know, these are things that aren't taught in our, in our school system. They're often not taught at home. And so there's so much to um, being a, a successful person in the, in life right now. Thank you. Do you have an age or clientele niche? And how important do you feel it is to have a niche as a love industry professional? You know what? I have clients who are in their mid-20s all the way up to clients who are in their 60s. Uh, I would say probably my uh, the majority of my clients are probably in their 40s to 50s. And uh, I don't know that it's I, I think probably for marketing purposes, it's good to have a niche because then you're, you know, people know who to look for, for if, you know, in networking situations or when you introduce yourself, then people have an idea of like, oh, okay, you're the one who's the, you know, the one who helps people with divorce for women over 40, or you're the one who helps, you know, men uh, who are in their 20s and 30s. You know, so I think in that situation, it's really helpful to have a niche. But I think as far as actually when you start helping people, if people know who you are, then they're going to start referring people to you who are outside of your niche. And as long as you are capable of handling uh, those people outside of your niche, then then you're okay to help them. But if, if you're not competent to handle someone outside of your niche, then you should absolutely pass them on to somebody who is, uh, who is the right person to help them. Thank you very much. Uh, how do you generate most of your client leads outside of referrals? And this could include paid traffic on different platforms like Facebook or other things that have worked well for you. Yeah, that's the big question, right? Um, I would say, you know, networking, I'm a big um, fan of that. I'm a member of some professional organizations, and so I think networking is huge. I also enjoy speaking engagements. Uh, Being on podcasts like this is great, and uh, what's awesome about that is that people who are listening to it, then they already get a sense of you, and then they they call you and it, it they can call you months after you've been on that podcast uh but interestingly enough by far my favorite resource for obtaining referrals is when someone calls you because a client referred them and interestingly enough i find that there are certain clients who are connectors and you know they're the ones who will send 10 other clients to you some clients although they love you they'll never send a client to you but other clients you know they'll they'll be like the one client that sends you 10 <laughs> awesome uh, just out of curiosity, if you had to kind of break down like how your leads kind of were divided by like referrals and other things, would you say that the majority were referrals or that they come from networking or speaking engagements? Uh, I would say for me, the majority are from referrals um, and then followed by uh, speaking engagements and then networking and then podcasts. Gotcha. But I don't, I, I don't do any, um, I don't do any paid like Facebook ads or anything like that, and and so I don't have experience with that. But I'm sure someone who's got experience with that would have something totally different to say. Gotcha. And since you mentioned podcasts, do you have any particular advice for people who would really like to uh, get on podcasts as well, but they've never done it before and they're nervous and they don't know how to? you know, present themselves or reach out in the most effective way? You know what? 
it's all about just being you know, just breaking through that fear. It's just, it's like what we're doing, just talking to somebody and recognizing that, you know, just that you're just talking to another person. It's like you're talking on the phone and you're just talking about yourself and you're, think about your clients and who you, who, who it is that you want to want to hear what it is that you have to say and, uh, and do whatever preparation you need to in order to feel that sense of comfort. And as far as reaching out to the people who are doing the podcast, uh, if there's someone, you know, who's, who has a podcast, obviously reach out to them first so that you can get, a sense of comfort with someone that you know. Uh, and then if you don't know who it is that you're reaching out to, then listen to their podcast a few times so that you have a sense of, you know, what their voice sounds like, how they do their interviews, and um, and just make it as easy for yourself as possible. Awesome. Is there a book you'd recommend to other love industry professionals to help them with their business? You know what? There's a few books that I have in mind, um, and it's they're not actually specific to the love industry, but um, first of all, there's one called How Women Sabotage Their Success in Business According to Men, and why I love this book is because it's more in general about, um, there's this woman, Michelle Berquist, who um, interviewed men about and it was these men really responded to these questions because they wanted to make a difference in how to support women they want to see their daughters and granddaughters have a better opportunities in business than women do today so they answered from this really positive place and you know they found out that women don't go after uh, once they hear no they believe no means no whereas men when they say n when they hear a no that means not yet and so this affects how we deal with you know when we hear no from a potential client we might think that it means no as a woman when it might just mean not yet and so we might not ever follow up with someone uh, whereas a male might say, okay, well, maybe that's one we should put back in our tickler file. And so I think that's a really helpful uh, book to read just so that we can get a different sense of how we should be looking at potential clients or even at potential podcast um, uh, interviewers, just a different way to view business in general. Um, there's another book called Resilience by a guy named Eric Greitens. And this is, again, just a book about how we can build purpose and practice compassion, develop a vocation, find a mentor, create happiness. Again, it's not specifically about business building, but I just think it's a really nice book about, um, you know, how ancient and modern thinkers um, – uh, let me back up a step and just say it's uh, uh, this this guy who's an, a former Navy SEAL was writing letters back and forth between him and a gentleman who was uh, suffering from P some PTSD. And it's just a really um, fantastic book. I think it's just a helpful book. Oh. And then uh, finally, the last book I would say is there's a gentleman called Don Miller who wrote a book called Building a Story Brand. And uh, another helpful book that I think it's it helps to look at how it is that you're talking about yourself on your website and when you're talking about your company um, as a brand. And uh, it just it changes uh, the way that you speak about yourself, that you're not the hero, that your client or customers are the hero in your story. And I just found it to be one of the most um, 
helpful ways of re reconfiguring your story. Thank you. Uh, what is an online tool that is helping you or has helped you grow your business? Yeah, I think uh, for me, I would say I use, um, with my QuickBooks, I use GoPayment, which is just like a Stripe or a, um, uh, what's the other one, Square. But this one connects directly with my QuickBooks so that it just goes directly right in and it makes in my uh, payments and receivables super easy. And I would say that that for me has been a, a a, a time saver and lifesaver. Awesome. By the way, do you have an uh, online scheduling tool that you like to use? I do use an online scheduling tool. It's uh, Full Slate. Mm. And is that and I like it. cool? Is that fullslate.com? Yeah. Is that where people can it, find it? It is, yeah, cool. fullslate.com. Awesome. And I also use Zoom as um, for my client you know, um, online client um, conversations rather than, uh, you know, if, if I'm, you know, sometimes I do phone conversations, but sometimes I do it over the, inter- over the computer and it's, so I use Zoom mm-hmm. and I like that. Awesome. Do you find that I've been hearing a lot of people um, liking Zoom. Do you feel like it's better than Skype in some ways? I do like it better than Skype, and I can't tell you exactly why. Uh, I don't know if it's a clarity issue, or uh, but there's something about it that I, I do like better, and I again, I don't know exactly why it is. <laughs> That's I, totally I can't cool. enunciate it. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. It's good to know. Um, it's becoming very popular. All right. Um, so as we know, even a successful individual like you, there's always room to grow. What is the biggest challenge in your business that you're working on today? I would say kind of the um, that there's always a little too many options. You know, we're a world of of unlimited possibilities of what we can be doing, and so really remembering and honing in on deciding and what exactly are your marketing strategies, and just keeping it down to like one main thing and then one or two side things. Uh, I think it's too easy to get. Um, excited by shiny objects and you know this is something new and fun and that's something new and fun or it seems like someone else is having uh, good luck or good fortune with another option that I'm not using right now and so kind of if you have something that's tried and true and it's working for you keep doing that and don't don't like get um like user's envy of somebody else who's using something else. If something's working for you, continue to do it and be happy it's working. Uh, if you want to try something new and something isn't something that isn't working for you super well, great. Drop that one thing off and put in something new in its place. But don't like add a new thing on. Like have just your one your one main two and then one or two side dishes. And then if you're dropping one, then add a new one in. But um, you know, keep it simple. <laughs> Sounds good. Before we wrap up and our listeners learn more about where they can find you, is there a question you wish that uh, more people would ask you more often? Oh, wow. 
It's kind of like a wild card I sometimes throw in there. <laughs> yeah, is there a question I wish people would ask me more often? Um, or that you wish, I, or that you wish I had asked today. Let's see. I don't. I don't know that I have one. That, That's that, totally fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I have one. All right. I, I think you've you know you asked me like what's my why you know mm -hmm. and I think that's a really great question, um, and no, I don't know that I have one. Okay, I'm glad I covered all the bases. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. So before we go, where can our listeners learn more about you? Yeah, they can learn more about me at drsharoncohen.com, which is just my name. And then obviously on Facebook, it's the same thing. Um, on Instagram, it's the same thing. And on Twitter, it's Dr. Sharon. Um, let's see. I'm There's a chapter in a book that will be coming later out in the spring. Um, it's called Love Revolution for Our Modern Life. And... I'm always happy to be interviewed for podcasts or make myself available for speaking engagements. And uh, if, let's see, if there's anything else that, I think that's it. Now, our listeners, like myself, are a bit of romantics. So um, do you have a interesting client love story you'd like to share? Oh, wow, sure. Um well, like a number of my clients, um, I had a woman in her later 40s who came to me who really wanted to find her life partner. And she had actually stopped using dating apps. They, She felt like they weren't really in her best interest anymore. She had said that up until her early 40s, she felt like she was getting pretty good selection from them. But something seemed to happen at that point. Um, and it seemed like it was sort of diminishing returns. She was at that point feeling a little hopeless about meeting someone um, because of that. But she wasn't totally throwing in the towel, though. She came to me saying that she believed that he was still out there, uh, but she wanted – or she, I guess she thought that she'd meet him more organically. But she kind of knew that something was standing in her way. She just didn't know what. So we worked together for about a year, and in that year, she just blossomed. She realized that she wasn't really happy with a few things in her life, and she made some really, really mindful efforts to get rid of the things that – she didn't want, and she ramped up on the things that that really brought her joy. Um, let's see. She got in touch with her feelings, and which is a huge thing because so many of the women I work with are, are professional women who have just kind of detached themselves from their their bodies and their feelings, and they're all up in their head. So getting back in touch with her feelings was a huge thing, and she learned how to speak her feelings clearly and with confidence, and she stopped wondering, you know, like the whole big age-old question that people ask when they've been single for a long time, what's wrong with me? And she was stopped wondering why everyone else had been able to find someone, and she hadn't. Men started to approach her in real life, which led to her feeling more hopeful and optimistic and she became more radiant and attractive and one day you know she wasn't even looking it wasn't like she was looking around or anything a man approached her and complimented her on the boots she was wearing and she turned her head to look at him and found herself just like 
beaming and happy to see a man that she felt who she felt open to talking to. And uh, he asked her if she'd be available to get a cup of coffee right then, which she actually was. And they ended up talking for the next hour or so. And they set up another date and then another and another. And their conversation just continued. And now they're happily married. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Yeah, I love it. It's one of those that just, it makes me happy. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. To check out our free masterclass on growing a high-ticket business by leveraging your own unstoppable podcast, I want you to go to investy.com. That's investey.com. Until next time, I'm Sean Patrick. Take care.